You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that looked like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Alright guys, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. This is your host, Hansen James. And this is Milo. And the seeding is complete. We now know who we're playing, and it's a it's a playoff preview on the SLC Punks podcast, Milo. And today Woo. we are joined uh, by Jeremy Brenner. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Jeremy. Thanks, guys. Uh, you know, I wish the circumstances were maybe a little different. Um, that we're now mortal enemies, but um, <laughs> it's good to you know at least you guys are nice mortal enemies. You know it. I'll feel bad. We go, we go way back. We go way back. Look at that, <laughs> right, you know? Of course. You'll smile as you watch us die. Yeah. Right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll be sad. It'll be it'll be a sad uh, kill either way, I hope. Well, that's good. That's good. I, I feel I feel much better about this. So Jeremy, yeah. uh, Jeremy here, he is from the Dream Shake, uh, our mortal enemy and brother um, here at SB Nation. And so we've we've invited him. To answer a few questions, get us all hyped up and see the Houston Rockets point of view, see it through their lens, uh, the predator lens, as it were, and uh, and talk about this matchup. So on a scale of uh, one to the Clippers, how excited were you to see that the Jazz were matched up with you instead of another team? You know, it's strange because I feel like nobody got what they like desired or wanted or what was best for them. <laughs> Um, I know, like, Utah fans didn't want to see Houston. Houston didn't want to see Utah, but for separate reasons. Um, you know, I think that the Rockets, uh, I, I'm about, I would say maybe about a five. I, I'm going to give you a very neutral answer about maybe a five, just because I, I feel like the Rockets didn't want to face the Jazz because of what could come in the future. Uh, with the Warriors coming a little sooner than they may have hoped. However, um, the Jazz, I, I think that I, I think that the Rockets would have been okay uh, facing any of five through eight. Um, but the Jazz are probably one of the teams that they match up better with than some others. So yeah, I would agree probably, with that. probably about a five. I'll, I'll play with that. That's that. That's fair. I mean, the Jazz did go two and two against you guys, so a five hundred, five hundred over season, five out of ten. It fits. Um, so, what would you say is? You mentioned that the uh, Rockets they they match up uh, well, pretty well against uh, Utah. What what makes the Rockets match up well against Utah? What's what's their what's the ace up their sleeve that allows them to do that? 
Yeah. Well, first of all, I'd, I'd like to mention, although the four, it was a four game series and it was two to two, these are two very different teams that we saw in the regular season. You know, the Jazz right. have been one of the best teams in the NBA since in the All Star break. Um, or right before the All-Star break, and then the Rockets as well. And, you know, believe it or not, Carmelo Anthony was playing in some of the series games. and uh, mm. you know, the That did show me when I was looking back, when I was looking back <laughs> at the season, and I was like, I, de- I don't even remember that. That seems like years ago yeah, I know, Carmelo yeah. was in the league. Oh, my goodness. It feels <laughs> And the last time the two teams played, it was uh, right before uh, the trade deadline. So these two teams are so different, and which is why I think, the only real comparison that you can really look at is uh, from last year's series. And I think that last year's series um, makes me hopeful for this year's series because I feel like the Jazz are going to have a difficult time trying to stop Chris Paul. Um, I think that, you know, you have James Harden with Donovan Mitchell and you can sort of see the two of them cancel each other out. And in some regards, you can see the same for Gobert and Capella, although Gobert probably has a slight edge, very similar to how James Harden probably has an edge over Donovan Mitchell. But I think that Chris Paul provides a matchup problem for the Jazz that the Jazz don't have much of a response to. And we saw that in last year's series. Chris Paul averaged 24 points a game um, and was all around probably the best player in that series. So that is where I'm hopeful when I'm the Rockets is that I got Chris Paul on my team and, uh, the jazz we don't stop in that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's why yeah, um at the trade deadline, Utah was so dead set in trying to go after Mike Conley. Um they weren't able to because the Grizzlies are a garbage dumpster fire, uh and weren't able to get a deal done. But um but they they had that set that idea in mind. I think uh Remembering last year, Utah had a lot of trouble with the Rockets switching defense. And the year prior, they had a lot of trouble with the Warriors switching defense. And it uh, it really frustrated them. They didn't have Ricky Rubio last year, which really hurt them because all of a sudden Donovan Mitchell was having to learn point guard on the fly, on the biggest stage against... I, I do think the, the Rockets were the best team in in the league last year. But you guys lost Chris Paul late, and weren't you guys fell fell to the Warriors? So, uh, yeah, it it was just a nightmare scenario for Utah, and they didn't have as much time to prepare. Who, who for for you? Um, who do you who do you worry about on on Utah? Does for Utah? Uh, it, yeah, like what what guy? Because I know there's Donovan Mitchell. Um, there's there's Rudy Gobert. Those, uh, you know, those are the, yeah, these two are really Rudy scary because you, you mentioned Chris Paul was, was your X factor uh, that the jazz can't match up with. Who's the guy on Utah? You're like, let's just not let him get going. Kyle Korver. Really? Uh, probably because um, Korver's the kind of, I mean, I don't, um, I think that Korver is the kind of guy that, um, Gobert kind of it, the Gobert Corver combination when healthy and when on the floor can be one of the more lethal uh corner shooter big man combinations in the league and I don't necessarily feel that the wing defense for the Rockets is there I think that's why you saw such a drop off this season uh when it came to the Rockets because there wasn't that wing defense that they had last year when they had Ariza and Luke 
and they they, they replace them with uh, Daniel House and Eric Gordon, both defensive specimen, but does not compare to uh, last year's defensive crew on the wings. And I think that if if Corver gets hot, Corver is kind of like the ace up the sleeve, and he's the one player that is the biggest difference I feel out uh, um, from this year's team compared to last year's team. Um, and I, I just think that if Corver gets going, I don't know if the Rockets necessarily have someone like that. I mean, there is Gerald Green, but I, I don't know how mi- Gerald Green's been hurt lately, so I'm not sure how many minutes Gerald Green's going to get in the series. So J- Kyle Corver, if he gets hot, worries me the most probably. I I like I think that's pretty I'm actually I agree a lot. I wasn't actually thinking about Kyle Korver, but there's this funny stat with Utah that when like when Kyle Korver scores like three three pointers in a game, the Jazz have only one loss on the season. And yeah, that could happen easily. And well, if you're a Jazz fan, you're hoping for it. Uh I man, I one of the things is is like anyone who's a sane person is is picking the the rockets to win this series uh but i like i totally agree with what you're saying about chris paul because chris paul last playoffs was really the reason that they just killed the jazz the jazz had no answer for paul and he was just able to move around on the court and just get that that mid-range shot for him that's just kind of like a layup uh the question i kind of had is because i was thinking about chris paul uh before this this podcast and to, to start the year, Chris Paul didn't really start very well, and I, I think he had some injuries that really kept him out for a while as well. Is is Chris Paul looking like Chris Paul of last season, or is he, you know, a step down from what he was? I'm. I, this is a very hopeful question from me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're asking, though. So I'll try to answer it uh, as best as I can. Um, Chris Paul, um, I think last year brought. Um, a more deafening presence because it was his first year with the team and you saw a drastic increase in not only just the defense, but the team overall. And that's kind of what changed the Rockets from a good team to a great team was Chris Paul's play. Uh, With Chris Paul this year, you saw the, um, he he was injured for the middle of this, in the middle of the season. And it, Look, the, the story for the Rockets this year has been James Harden. I think it's very safe to say that. And Harden has, you know, bailed the Rockets out time and time again uh, with his just gigantic scoring efforts. Um, and Chris Paul's kind of been a footnote. But I think now that we're here in the playoffs um, and the game and the pace kind of changes, Chris Paul's going to be a lot more important now than he was in the regular season. And I think if, and I think you're going to see a little more of Chris Paul, you know, taking advantage of, the moment and he's going to step up as a leader. Cause last year he did. I don't think that Chris Paul was much of a disappointment last year. And I know that, you know, the Rockets got a lot of uh flack for signing him to such a lucrative contact contract, a four year deal in his mid thirties um, that will take him uh, until he's 38, probably to end his career with the Rockets. But, you know, Chris Paul is good now. And that was the, the main purpose of that four year contract was for these first two years where he still, in his, you know, at the tail end of his prime, still one of the best point guards in our league. So I think, but I think that that money is really going to pay off now. And I think you're going to see a uh, much more uh, traditional Chris Paul than we saw in the season that, you know, 
wasn't as crucial to the team's success. I think this is when uh, this is the time for Chris Paul um, to really prove why he got that contract and to really, you know, get him a ring. Cause I think that the older he gets and the older James Harden gets, the less likely he has um, the less chance he has of getting a, a, a championship ring. Right. Yeah. That window is definitely closing on, on him for you'd mentioned earlier that the that the Rockets are missing those uh prime uh wing defenders in in Ariza, Mukumba Mute, and uh who's going to guard Donovan Mitchell in this series? Um and is that going to be is that gonna be something that for example, last year they knew they could throw an endless amount of wing players at Donovan Mitchell and wear him down. Um, now it, who's going to be guarding him and are, are Rockets fans worried that Donovan Mitchell could, could have a big series because they're not seeing, cause he's not seeing, um, this constant barrage of, of Riza and, and Mukama Mute, et cetera. Yeah. I think that, um, I think that the starting unit will see Eric Gordon on, on him defensively, I think, um, and possibly Chris Paul. Um, I mean, Chris Paul makes a lot of sense. Um, but I also think you're going to see a lot of Eric Gordon and that might surprise people. But, um, I think that Paul is going to take much of Ricky Rubio and try to stop that flow of the offense. And Eric Gordon gets the scorer, um, the more scoring guard in uh, in Donovan Mitchell. And, uh, I think you're going to see James Harden on Derek Favors a lot, which, you know, could pose a matchup problem, but James has been very, um, James has been very good in the post this season in terms of defense, so I don't necessarily consider that a mismatch. Um, and then no, you have he doesn't. It, last year, e- even last season, he only allowed. I'm actually looking at that stat right now. He only la- allowed 0.73 points per possession when defending post up. Mm-hmm. So James I, Harden. That's that, yeah. I think we're more likely to see James Harden in the post on favors um, or Jay Crowder, and then. You get PJ Tucker on Joe Ingles. I think that that should be a fun matchup for any basketball fan. It's too very. Oh, there's going to um, be some trash talk. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then, of course, you have Gobert and Capella. Um, but when you get to the second unit, uh, you're going to see a lot of Austin Rivers on Donovan Mitchell and uh, also Amon Shumpert, I think, as well, because Amon Shumpert was, was acquired because the Rockets were needing some wing, wing defense. And that is what. That is the main reason why Amon Shumpert got here. And, you know, it's taken a while for Shump to get into his rhythm here in Houston. Um, he's been injured, and when he's been healthy, his three-point shot's been off, and he's been somewhat ineffective. But I think he's still a very – but I think lately in the last, you know, week or two, he's he's been able to come into his own, you know, see a little more of the player that they, that they acquired. And I actually think, you know, Shumpert might not be the long-term answer for the entire playoffs. But I think in this series, he will have a chance to prove because he's got such a dynamic, uh, like dynamic point guard, shooting guard in, in Donovan Mitchell. And I think that Shumpert might be the best defensive, uh, assignment for, uh, the Rockets on Mitchell. Uh, I totally forgot. I forgot Shumpert was in, in Houston. Actually, that Man. that's interesting with Austin Rivers because Austin Rivers is an underrated defender. I think he's basically known now as more of a defensive player than anything who actually shoots. I, I don't have it off the top of my head, but a pretty decent shooter as well. Uh, 
I thought that the I thought that Donovan Mitchell was going to have free reign against his team, but now that you mentioned Austin Rivers, I completely forgot. Uh, I just <laughs> anything don't... else that's that's six hard fouls from Austin, and he's 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 a bulldog, well, he and he's done pretty well against Mitchell in the past, actually, when he was he on the teams. Yeah, and... dang mm-hmm. it, dang Austin it. Rivers was my least favorite player when uh, those Clippers teams with the Chris Paul and the Lake Griffin era. Uh, he was my least favorite player, and that that one series where we went to seven, Austin Rivers hated Austin Rivers. By by Christmas when he came, Austin Rivers was my favorite Rocket within uh three days, and then when Daniel House came by, you know, that that's who that's who became my favorite Rocket. But Austin's been a very interesting uh addition to the team, you know, very you know under the radar kind of deal when he was waived by the Suns and that weirdo trade or whatever happened. I, I forget if he was he was part of the trade and then he wasn't and then he was cut by the Wizards. I'm not 100 percent sure entirely. Oh, that's right. But, um, or some some regard. He was with the Wizards and he was no longer with the Wizards and that's why he became a Rocket. And you know he's he will never be Patrick Beverly um, because Patrick Beverly is my favorite ex Rocket of all time and he will likely always be. But he does fill that role in some in some capacity. Um, where he's the guy that's just going to give you hell. And P.J. Tucker also gives that a little bit, but in terms of just guards, he Austin Rivers is that nuisance guard that you just can't stand unless he's on your team, and then he's your favorite He's your favorite guy. So, yeah, that that's the M.O. on Austin Rivers. Oh, man. That's going to be – uh, yeah. oh, I forgot about Austin Rivers. Jeremy, I, I – you're convincing me that this is not going to be that enough that, that is not going to be. Oh man, you're you're making me rewrite my my previews. So <laughs> should I should I give you a compliment for the Jazz? Do you want me to give you a compliment? Yeah, yeah I, well, so so the, my question for you because um, uh, one thing that I am seeing that I don't think uh, enough people are, are giving the Jazz credit is uh, Gobert. Gobert has changed the way he plays defense, and the Jazz have changed the way they play defense. Solely because of the way the the Rockets just ran them out of the gym last season, um, mm-hmm. does that does that concern um, the Rockets at all last year? Because Chris Paul was able to get whatever he wanted in mid range last year, and the Jazz once they hit training camp, they're like, never again. We will yeah. we will never never allow that again. <laughs> go bear, you go out to the perimeter if you want to. Like it it, it changed it changed the way they are. So. Um, with that mid-range game not necessarily being as open as it used to, how do you see the Rockets um, adjusting this season? Because Chris Paul was a, the reason he was such a big part was, he, man, he feasted in the mid-range last season, last uh, last playoffs. So what yeah. would what will they do now? I think honestly, there's not much adjustments for the Rockets to make because it's a very similar uh, Jazz team. Um, yes, mm-hmm. Gobert is. Um, plays different offensively and that's probably the one place that the Rockets need to change. Um it's it's mostly up to the Jazz to make the uh the first move basically. Yeah, sort of because at this point the Rockets what they have worked and if it ain't broke don't don't fix it and the Jazz need to fix it cuz it it is broke. Um but I think they have 
Um, uh, some new looks. Um, you know, they didn't have as good of a three-point shooter off the bench like they did last year with Corver. And Gobert is better offensively. And he's also, you know, he won Defensive Player of the Year last year, but I think he might even be better defensively as well, um, which is kind of hard to do. And and he's probably, you know, if, if Giannis hasn't had the season that he's had, he's probably in line for a second Defensive Player of the Year award. But um, I think that Gobert is the big difference on this team. And um, he and the way he does things off defensively, like when they took him out of the paint last year, he was ineffective. But I think this year, if you take him out of the paint, he he's changed his range. He's expanded his defensive range to where he can take uh, shooters one-on-one, like Harden loves to do ISO one-on-one, and getting Gobert on those one-on-ones is going to be something that they're going to try to do, or at least they're going to try until it doesn't work for them. And Chris Paul's the exact same kind of player. So mm-hmm. they're going to they're gonna try to force Gobert, they're going to try to force Derek Favors into those one-on-ones where they're vulnerable on the perimeter. And if you take Gobert out of the paint, then you leave him a lot of room to drive and or to kick out to a wide-open P.J. Tucker on the corner or a wide-open Eric Gordon in the corner. Um, Daniel House is a really good corner three-shooter as well. So that that is really what it comes down to is if that doesn't work out for the Rockets like it did last year, um, they're going to have to maybe – change their tactic a little bit and if they are able to do that i think the jazz can you know maybe take one of these early games and force the rockets to win one in in salt lake my my question is if you're quinn snyder uh what would you do to to beat the rockets like what would your you know every game plan is going to change every as the series goes obviously but if in general what do you think quinn snyder should be doing uh if he wants to upset the rockets if Quinn Snyder wants to upset the Rockets. What I would do is I would let James Harden score as many points as he wants. But if you let Eric, if you let Eric Gordon score 20 points, if you let Chris Paul score 20 points, if you let Capella go for 20 and 15, you're not going to win a game. And like there were games this year where James could do that and he could score 50 points and he could score, you know, 60 and the Rockets would be fine. But I don't think that is going to really translate in the playoffs. I think that, you know, the playoffs, the defense is a lot sharper. The defense is a lot, uh, you know, and players don't have necessarily the opportunity to, you know, go off for 50 a night, uh, to go off for 60 a night. And there, there were times during the season where James would just, you know, he would go for 50 on back-to-back nights. Like, like he actually did that. And, but he's not going to have that chance in the playoffs, I don't think. Um, so if the Rockets are able to, you know, let James have his and, you know, cut Chris Paul to, you know, 10 points a game, Eric Gordon only makes, you know, two threes rather than four or, or five. And if, uh, Capella, you know, is, is, uh, you know, held down, is, if Clint Capella is, you know, limited in the post. Um, then I think that the Rockets, uh, I think that the Jazz will have um, a chance to take a couple of games. Cool. Yeah, I, there's this. <laughs> I was going to ask you too. So maybe you've seen it. There's this video that's gone around, and it's going around Jazz Twitter a lot right now. It's this how the Bucks guarded the Heat, or not the Heat, the the Rockets, and how they kept uh, Harden right, and it shows kind of this zone that they're. Have you seen that video or seen something yeah, like that? 
I remember I remember the game that you're referring to. It's the one where the Bucks came to Houston and won. Um and I think it was like after a really long winning streak that the Rockets had. Um is the there, thing is, though, is the there Bucks, validity to that or is that just kind of a I think that the thing is though is there is validity to it, but I think that the Bucks are one of the few teams in the NBA that can actually pull that off because they're so long, not just Giannis, but that whole team is long and they able they're able to um you know, stretch out and, you know, really give perimeter players a hard time because usually when James can't drive and score and when he has Giannis on him or when he has someone else on him, then he kicks it out to someone who can, um, either Eric Gordon or PJ Tucker. But when PJ Tucker's got, uh, Chris Middleton on him, then that, that's a mismatch. And then you have, uh, Eric Gordon, he has, uh, Malcolm Brogdon on him. That's a, that's another, uh, tough match for him as well. So, I think that the Bucks, and I think that's part of the reason why the Bucks are so good, is because they've been able to use their size and they've been able to translate it to today's NBA. Brooke Lopez is one of the most interesting centers because he can not only you know play well on defense, he he's he can shoot threes like nobody's business, and he's yes, mountain, man. Best, yeah, he's probably one of the best you know three point centers in the league, if not the best, and. That that's why the Bucks are gonna be so dangerous um, in the playoffs. But I think that um, that defense it's it's the perfect if you can pull it off, it's the perfect way to guard the Rockets. But the question is, can you pull it off? And I don't think that very many teams are capable of that. And I don't think that the Jazz, although they are big, um, I don't necessarily think that they are capable of doing what the Bucks can do. Yeah, I, I don't feel like I don't feel like the Jazz. Um, have the secret sauce of length um, out on the out on the perimeter with guys like Donovan Mitchell at the two, who's undersized. Then you also have uh, you know you have Ricky Rubio on the one who has good size, but he doesn't have a lot of length. And then Joe Ingles, um, Joe Ingles is a pest by by all means and is a really good defensive player, but not it's it's the, the Jazz aren't a team that it switches constantly like the Bucks do. Um, you know, Jazz like to drop their bigs, and they have they switch more this season. But it's but it's definitely a a lot different. Um, well, well, we'll leave it at this. What is your what is your prediction for the series? I've got Rockets in five, just like last year. I think that um, I just I feel like. If the Rockets were to drop a game, the Rockets will drop a game. They're not they're not good enough to sweep. Um, the Jazz and the Jazz are are good enough to not be swept by anyone, even the Warriors. I don't think uh, the Warriors would sweep the Jazz. The Jazz are a good team, and um, the Rockets are the Jazz. It's gonna. I I see it being very similar to what happened last year. I think that the Rockets are gonna. Um, I think that the Jazz are gonna give the Rockets problems early, but not anything that they can't necessarily handle. Then one game will come where it's just too much of an avalanche. But after that point, the Rockets will be able to adjust. They'll be able to make changes, and those changes will help propel the Rockets over the Jazz. Fair enough. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jeremy. I know it's late where you are, and we definitely appreciate it, man. Yeah, man, my pleasure. I I love this. I love, you know, throwing the word out there, and I love talking basketball with you guys. And uh, I hate to, you know go against y'all but that's the name of the <laughs> oh, game, right? you guys love to send us home you know it it feels good i mean you so do, y'all love sending us home like i mean it's it's, I think, it's what we used to do best in the in 
in the 2000s, but uh, yeah, I mean, oh, we missed Darren Williams. Is there one series that's met more in the playoffs than, than the Rockets and the Jazz? I don't think so. It feels it feels like it's meant to be. Like every single time, it's just like this is the ninth time. I don't think there's one series in the first round that has met more times than the Rockets and the Jazz have. Well, I know on the Jazz broadcast they showed the number the team the Jazz have played the most in the playoffs is the Rockets, and it's not even close. It's like by like twenty more games than the next opponent they've played. So, which is Mm -hmm. insane with how much the Lakers have been to the playoffs in the West, and the Spurs have been to the playoffs in the West, and the Jazz just end up end up playing Houston. Mm-hmm. So it was meant to be with all of the things that happened that were so close to not like so close to going the other way. It's meant to be. It really is. <laughs> I'm I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason, and I think that uh, the Jazz and the Rockets were meant to meet in the playoffs. It's meant to be again. We're just getting it out of the way early. No second yeah. round for us. Just... <laughs> yeah, we're trying to get our exit out of the way early too. Yeah, we're just like, you know what? Let's get it. We get, get to the offseason. We just got to get back to going after Mike Conley. So, <laughs> well, Jeremy, thanks for joining us. Um, and, uh, and good luck to you guys. And if you want to catch Jeremy, he's over there on the good old Dream Shake on uh, SB Nation. And don't you have a, you guys have a podcast over there as well that you want to plug? Yes, we have a podcast, uh, Harden My Take. Uh, oh, I see. Yeah, we've gotten there. so much flack for the name, uh, but it's it, like we asked our we asked Twitter like, "Hey, come up with a name for our new podcast." And Harden My Take was easily like the number one choice, and it, it almost made perfect sense. Um, but ever since then, like we put out we put out an episode, and everyone's like, "Oh, at, they at Harden My Take," and like, hmm. But you know, it's 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 a parody. Under fair use, we're we're good, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. We're good, good, Jeremy. Well, thank you. You have a good one, my friend. And you too. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. No problem. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May fifth. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, um, just after talking to Jeremy, I think there's a lot of things just to be, for Utah, just to be nervous about. I mean, it... The the reality is is that the Rockets are just very very good. They are. There's very the little weaknesses playing, to them. Yeah, They're like it, it, it. Just frustrated. I'm, I'm frustrated. Like I'm frustrated that one of the and and I, I'm sick of Nuggets fans in our mentions who are just like, if you want to be in a better place and uh, you know uh, play better during the regular season, you know, Jazz had injuries. Everybody had injuries. Um. But man, it's just it's really it's really disappointing to see that, you know, like these this seeding was determined by by losing, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. determined by wasn't determined by wins, it wasn't determined by uh by teams like going out there and competing. It was determined by teams benching their dudes. And that's how we get that's how we get rocket. So um that being I said, say, I, I mean, Nuggets, I have to say, I hope the Nuggets lose in the first round to the Spurs. Like, kudos to them; they played the game right. 
but man, I hope Adam Silver fixes that. But I do think one thing I do disagree because Jeremy, he brought up a lot of great points and dream shake. They know their boys. Well, um, I do think there's two things that are much different than last year, more than Corver. One is the time in which the Utah jazz will play um, are in between playing, um, playing uh, the Rockets and their last game. Last year, when they played the Rockets, they only had one day to prepare. They had just finished knocking out the Oklahoma City Thunder. They went from Utah to Houston. So their one day to prep was a travel day. And oh yeah, by the way, they had just lost Ricky Rubio. And they're like, hey, Donovan, you want to play point guard? Rookie Donovan Mitchell. Rookie, yes. Rookie Donovan Mitchell. And so... He was learning how to play point guard on the fly, which he had never done very well that whole season. Like if you go back to that season and you watch him play point guard, it was not very good. And that was partly just because he's a rookie and he doesn't know the game as well. And it's the NBA. And this season, it's been a lot different. I know there's numbers out there that talk about how much better they play with Rubio, which is an argument for the jazz. You know, like you said, Rubio got hurt last playoffs and it, was a big deal, especially with how well Rubio was playing in that playoff series. Uh, this year, it's different. Donovan, I mean, the last half of this season, since January 1, basically, Donovan has been just a monster. And I know Austin Rivers is a good defender. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is going to bring it to that Houston team in a way that yeah. he wasn't able to last season. And if Rubio can just be healthy, like, that's, I agree, though, that's, it's really true. Like the Jazz hobbled into into Houston, just absolutely, just were dragging feet getting into that series. And I mean, no one. I don't know, including Gobert, who had to guard Capella and Harden the whole time. I the one thing actually, after speaking with Jeremy, and I don't want to make him feel any better than he already does. <laughs> but, like, uh. I'm I'm still nervous about Rubio's defense. Uh, it, this year, D, Rubio's defense at times has been pretty bad, and so I'm hoping that he he's healthy so that he can play at a high level. If mm-hmm. if he's over, not over the past, yeah, over over the past like 30 days, he is he's uh, not been gambling as much, mm-hmm. um, and he's been getting to the line more, which is good. The other thing that I think is really going to help Utah is um, from the time that they have their last game on Wednesday to Sunday, they'll have four days to really prepare. Mm-hmm. And and he, he, and I totally agree with Jeremy's assessment. He's like, if I'm the Rockets, why would I do anything different than last year? I'm going to uh, like, I'm not going to assume that the Utah Jazz can stop can stop whatever I do in mid range. I'm not going to assume that they can stop us when we switch on that they can take advantage when we switch on defense um i'm going to assume that one of their one of their wins this season was a fluke because we didn't have because they didn't have chris paul um so so they're looking at it like you know really if we were full strength we only lose one of the games this season and if that's if that's the case then you know if you extrapolate that out to a series yeah that that's a done in five. I, I, bingo, bingo is done. Um, now that being said, I I think this goes to six. I still think Utah loses because this is the team that we anticipated them lose going to lose against. 
um, either them or the Warriors. We've all kind mm-hmm. of set that up. It, if there's any Jazz fan out there being like, hey, we wanted this team. You, no, you didn't. Um, and and everyone has – I mean, the thing is, is this is – the Rockets and the Warriors are, the, are Utah's boogeymen. You don't prepare for them in October expecting to play them in April if they aren't living rent-free inside your head. Mm-hmm. And and so what's going to be tough now is – and um, I, I think I wrote this uh, in for – because they asked us for questions to post on their site. And one of my answers, I said, Utah wins this if the rest of their team plays above their potential. And and what I mean by that is if you get if you get peak Donovan and peak Rudy Gobert, that's still not enough to beat playoff Houston Rockets. You need more, and you're going to need Joe Ingles from the Oklahoma City Thun, uh, Thunder series. You're going to need rookie Rubio from the Oklahoma City Thunder series. You're going to need you're going to need Derek Favors from two years ago against the L.A. Clippers. You're going to need uh, you're going to you need Kyle Korver from four years ago. You're going to need uh, Howell Neto from this regular season at his best. You're going to need Royce O'Neal from playoff series last year. You're going to need like everybody for Utah to get past the Houston Rockets for an upset. Everyone has to play their best ball for the next six games. If it goes seven, you're not winning this. You mm-hmm. have to. You're going to have to sneak out. Two wins in, well, in, in, I, in in Houston to 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 get get this uh, to get out of this. I'm not not two wins, but you're gonna have to sneak a win out of Houston to get to get this free and protect home court. And you're not gonna do that against the Rockets, who are I think they're 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 on a roll now, and they're playing more carefree because of the injuries and everything. They feel like they're playing with house money. Hmm. Well, I I uh, honestly and. All the predictors out there of all the series, I think the Jazz as the underdog have one of the higher uh, upset potentials at like a 30% with uh, 538, I think. I can't remember. But, you know, I there is a scenario where the Jazz win this series. Uh, you know, I do. If would I bet on the Jazz winning it? No. Uh, but I wouldn't be <laughs> like shocked. Like, I, like no. if the Jazz win it. Here's honestly, here's the thing. Like the Jazz post all-star break have just been destroying teams. And part of that has been Donovan Mitchell has just been playing at just an elite level. And mm-hmm. if Donovan Mitchell is able to play at that same level that he's doing against the Rockets, that's, that's where the upset happens because when he like, for example, we lost to the Lakers and it was because Donovan had a bad night. But every other win that they've had, like those nine out of ten wins, was Donovan Mitchell just playing at an elite, elite level and resting after the third quarter because they had already just blown out the other team. Uh, obviously, those are against lesser competition, but you know, there's a scenario where like this last ten games has given Donovan Mitchell the experience. He's learned how to make things easy on himself, and and honestly, like you know. Austin Rivers is his underrated defender, but he's not Trevor Ariza. And, you know, the Jazz can get some wins by Donovan Mitchell just playing at an all-star level. But that's what it's going to take. Donovan has to play 
at an all-star level. But you know what? I think he's ready. And, you know, it's funny. I was watching the Jazz bench last night because I'm sure they they all knew. They didn't look all that nervous. They didn't all look all that glum. I think Jazz fans are more nervous than the players are. And And when you say house money, are you talking about Houston or Utah? I'm talking about Houston because the way they look at it, they – um, they had all the injuries. Um, they had their team looked terrible with Carmelo Anthony at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. A lot of team they lost. Um, they lost good defenders, and then they went on this run similar to Utah at, after um, after the new year. And um, and I think they're playing a lot more free because they're not they're not looking over their shoulder as far as um, as far as. Uh, you know, we need to get, we need to have home court the whole way through. We're fighting for that. They were just like, Hey, we're in the playoffs. We have home court. It is what it is wherever we land. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we're going to, we're going to do what we need to do. And, um, see, I would say one other, Oh, go ahead. They kind of remind me of the spurs of, of years back where, where you knew that, Oh, you know, Oh boy, they're going to be going to be rough. And, uh, they're going to be a tough team to play. You were saying, Oh, I was just going to say that, uh, you know, there is also this just aspect. I mean, the Jazz want to win and it would be nice for the Jazz to win, you know, in terms of like impressing some free agents in the offseason and saying, hey, look, we're able to beat the Rockets. Really, the only team that's better than us is the, you know, is the Golden State Warriors. Like there is some pressure for the Utah to do that and the players. But I mean, I don't think it's the same as the pressure is on the Rockets to perform well. Uh, like Jeremy said, like they've put some big money towards Chris Paul. And this is really mm-hmm. probably the best year they're going to get out of that contract. This is the year, you know, because yeah, they got, this is, they this got is worse their, than last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they have uh, no Trevor reason now. And next season's going right. to, I don't know their contract situation, but. Next year is going to be tougher because it's just hard to pay Harden and Chris Paul and Clint Capella like 80% of your money, whatever that is, you know. And so this is like the year for them. And what if Utah goes in and just punches them in the mouth and gets a win in game one? Like, are they going to tighten up? Are they, you know, uh, I, they right. have more composure to me than than the Thunder because, my gosh, like. Russell Westbrook just completely melt down last year after Rubio showed him up. Uh, and that helped the jazz win that series, honestly. But uh, I don't know. There's pressure on them. Chris Paul is older and he was the reason we lost that series. It wasn't Harden. It was Paul no. and it was Paul. They, they had a good game plan. They had a good game plan last year, but they just didn't have the healthy players to execute it. Mm-hmm. I think Ricky Rubio he has the potential to be able to execute the game plan enough that Utah slows down Chris Paul. Um, and with the changes that Utah's made as far as allowing Ricky Rubio to go on the perimeter more, to allow him to uh, you know, that defensive area that he's playing in, and then also their ability now to um, really eliminate that space in the mid-range, I think – I think there's there there's just some slight tweaks that they've been making, um, and that that have paid off. And that first two months, yes, the schedule was really difficult. But looking back on it now, you you can really see that Utah was really 
implementing some big changes to their defense that they knew were, were going to pay off down the line. And the pressure and the amount of uh, 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 usage that they were putting Donovan Mitchell through was going to pay off down the line. And I didn't see it. I will fully admit I did not see it at the time. Uh, but now you look and you're like, yeah, th- this is this is where all of that hard work now is going to pay off. And that struggling is really going to pay off is in, now in the playoffs. Well, and I think at that time, too, at the beginning of the year, Mitchell was hurt. And if Mitchell mm-hmm. comes into the season 100% healthy, uh, plays at closer level to what he's doing now, the Jazz aren't even worrying about this. They're like the second or third seed. Like Utah would have been the Denver Nuggets this year had Mitchell come into the season healthy. And so that's frustrating. Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, but I, I just, I honestly feel like Utah is uh, arguably, I mean, the third best team in the Western Conference behind Golden State and Houston. They just absolutely mm-hmm. throttled Denver three times this year. Like, I wish we'd play uh, Denver because we would sweep Denver. I like literally there's nothing about Denver that makes me nervous as a jazz fan, but you know, it's with Harden and, and crew, it's a different story, but I do think that the jazz are good enough to beat them. It's just, they have to play really well, really well, but that's the playoffs. Yeah. And if the jazz can stay healthy, uh, that, you know, I like, that's the thing is I wouldn't just say it's a given, like, uh, it may be a quick thing and maybe I'm just being optimistic you know, good cop or whatever, but uh, I, I I do agree with Jeremy. I think it could be five games, but, but it's not going to be like five games in which, Oh yeah. Jazz got blown out by 20 and 30. It would mm-hmm. be, I imagine it'd be like five games and it'd be like, yeah, they lost by a combined nine points in all five of those games. You know, uh, it, it would be one of those where it's just like, yeah, it's coming down to the wire and whoever has the ball last and whoever has the best player with the la- be- you know last possession uh wins it and unfortunately that would be you know Harden and uh, Harden and the and the Rockets there mm-hmm. um one thing though Utah is going into this offseason um wanting one more dude you know they really tried hard at the deadline and i think we could uh, you know we 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 are previewing the uh the playoffs, but these playoffs are being played in mind. Not so much of you know is are, is Utah going to make it to the NBA Finals? I don't think anybody sees this as a as a as an NBA Finals team. But we are looking at them like we want them to make enough noise so that when they go out there and they're they're giving their presentation, they can be like, "Hey, did you see we beat the Rockets just with our team, just with what was constituted? Mm-hmm. We beat the Rockets." What do you think we'll do with you um, versus, oh, man, we really do need you because we were swept by the Rockets. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it, it could it, it could their pitch, their free agent uh, pitch could be a lot uh, could be affected quite a bit by what happens in this next series. Mm-hmm. And and. Likewise, um, it, say they say they push the Rockets and they still lose in seven. If the Rockets go on to uh, to the NBA Finals, they can be like, "Yeah, we uh, we pushed that team to seven games, and we didn't have you, and they won the NBA Finals." What do you think that makes us if we get mm-hmm. you? 
So I really think um, how well Utah plays in this series can really help them with their free agent pitch or um, and also let them know what they're missing to be able to take it to the next level because they're going to have a decision to make whether they want to have uh, fill a need at the point guard position or whether they want to possibly upgrade at the power forward position. Um, they're not really upgrade with Derek Favors. It's more of a in switching skill sets at mm-hmm. that four position, but having it the same all having an all star caliber player. So I I think it it it's really going to be interesting with that with that whole mindset with that whole mindset. And man, it just makes you wish that Mike Conley didn't play for an inept organization that had an inept front office that actually had a front office that could negotiate in good faith instead of being an absolute train wreck mm-hmm. um, or else we'd ha- be having a different conversation going into these playoffs with, Hey, that we have Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and Joe Ingles and Derek favors. Oh boy. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? <laughs> well, I, I may, I, I know I tend to be more of the optimist, but I think the jazz have a pretty good shot. I, I actually, you know, what's funny is like, I didn't want to be the four seed. I didn't want to be the four seed against the 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 Trailblazers and drop one. I, I I honestly have this personal thing where I just I don't like being the home team uh, unless we're just so dominant, like you know Golden State Warriors level, where it's just like a buzzsaw and it doesn't really matter. But if the Jazz go into Houston and steal one, the Jazz have a big shot to win this series. But they have to steal one in Houston, obviously. Uh, but I, uh, I, man, if they can go in and steal a game in Houston, I think they can take the series because I, I think that'll show they know what they're doing. They know how, like the Jazz are going to go into this game knowing how to play the Rockets, and that they do have yeah. some guys that can defend Harden. Like, I mean, he's saying if Harden just goes off, then uh, I don't know if I agree with that completely. Like, if you can slow Harden down, he's kind of the heart of the beast, and. And yeah. but no one's been able to st- slow it harden down. But if you know if they can come up with a scheme that can uh, neutralize Capella while also guarding Harden, then the Jazz have a great shot. But much easier said Agreed. than done. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be ah, oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. This this actually reminds me a lot of two thousand six two thousand seven. Um, when you had the Jazz going into it, going into the playoffs, that second year in a row in which they had to face the Houston Rockets, and you had Tracy McGrady being like, "I, pro-, you know, making a guarantee that they were going to get out of the first round." And, and did he uh, really? You know, they weren't going to. Yeah, he made a guarantee. Made a guarantee, and um, and then we beat him. <laughs> what is that? Isn't that a stupid guarantee too? We guarantee we're going to get out of the first round, dude. Don't. D- don't set your sights too high, my friend. Um, well, because he never got good. out of the first round. He didn't. He he didn't get out of the first round until uh, he was with uh, lat, later end of his career with the Spurs, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Utah went in and you know beat, <laughs> knocked him out once again in seven. Um, you know, so that was two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and. Th- but they had this air of confidence because Utah, Utah didn't look as fearful as as strong towards the end of the season, and they kind of stumbled into the playoffs. 
and I, Utah's not stumbling into the playoffs, but I, I, I think the point remains where the narrative with with Utah and with with Houston is even though both teams were killing it at the end of the season, you're like, well, it's definitely the Rockets. Like the Rockets are the team that you need to fear. And looking at both their schedules, they both played cupcake schedules to end the season. Mm-hmm. Like after All Star break, both of them, you know, basically just played every team in the East, uh, the the dredges of the West, and 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 you know some playoff teams uh, sprinkled throughout it. But for the most part, they had both of them had probably a you know top five easiest schedules in in the second half. Jazz had the easiest, and probably I'd imagine Houston had like two or three. So, so there's there's two ways to look at it. Either they're both kind of paper tigers where they've been able to look really good, kind of like how Oklahoma City got to look really, really good at the beginning of the season. And then once they got to the tougher schedule, they looked really, really bad. But I don't think Oklahoma City is as bad as they were towards the end of the season, though I don't think they were as good at the end of the season. Same thing applies with uh, Houston and Utah. I'm not sure they're both as good as what beating up on these cupcake teams shows they are. But um but the question is is one a paper tiger and is it the is it the Utah Jazz getting to look a lot better because they're playing these cupcake teams or were they actually that good and they and they were playing cupcake teams or was it vice versa? Was is Houston getting to look a lot better um without without uh, having to um, play these play these hard teams. Or both teams are both really good, and we're in for an, a hell of a series where it goes seven games, and I really hope it goes seven games. I, I, I think it would be some great basketball, and, and uh, it, it's, it's going to be great basketball. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think the Jazz have a better shot than people are giving them credit for. I think, you know nationally people look at utah and they just kind of yeah they're pretty good defense and you know rudy Mm, gobert gets played off the floor well part of that was because harden goes to the rim and capella's right there for the alley-oop and the jazz are expecting that they know that's coming and honestly quinn snyder's a better coach than mike d'antonio mike d'antonio's a good coach but quinn snyder has won two upsets two years in a row in the playoffs uh one where Focus he lost Gobert seed. at the very start with Gordon Hayward as his main guy. Uh, and he won that series against who, uh, you know, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, who, you know, pretty similar in terms of uh, Paul and Jordan are a lot like Capella and Paul. Uh, and then he beat the Thunder last year. No one was picking the Jazz to beat the Thunder last year. And they beat him. And honestly, that series, if you remember, like that Jazz were up 3-1 and Rudy Gobert got jobbed by the refs. Remember we were up by like by like eight. Oh yeah. They it were was up by like, like it was 18. Gonna end. And, and then and all of a sudden five. all of a sudden Rudy gets like honestly two or three fouls in a row. And the the one of the fouls was against Carmelo, if you remember, and he didn't even touch him. It was mm-hmm. if there was ever a game that put tinfoil hats on for it was that one because the jazz were rolling and then gobert came out and all of a sudden the the thunder went on a run and won a close one at the end uh 
I don't know. I, th- I think I, I, I think the Jazz have a chance to be a lot better than we think. And you know, and we didn't talk enough. We didn't talk enough about favors because favors this season versus favors last year. Favors per thirty six last year was averaging like fifteen points and eight rebounds. This year he's averaging eighteen points and eleven rebounds and two blocks. And oh, by the way, he has a killer net rating when he's out there. I think. I, I think. The Rockets are not worried enough about how much of a beating Capella is going to take in this. Well, the Joe Ingles, uh, Derek Favors second unit thing, unit uh, combo is going to be, if that unit plays really well, that could swing the series. Because if the Jazz starters can just mm -hmm. keep it level with Houston, and then if Ingles and Favors can just go crazy and Corver, like like, uh, Jeremy said, if he has big games. Jazz are yeah. tough. Like the Jazz are tough well, to beat. And the longer this and the longer the series goes, the worse it gets for Houston because Houston is going to rely on their starters heavily mm-hmm. uh, because they have they don't have that a strong bench like they they used to. They have good bench players, but it's not like last year where they could feel comfortable with uh, quite a few guys being out there for a good amount of time. Um, this season. For Utah, their depth, I mean, Tabo can go out there for a lot of minutes. And honestly, the way Tabo and Jay Crowder have been going, whoever ha- is having the, the better game is staying out there. And Utah is going to be able to throw out uh, Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, Tabo Cephalosha, Jay Crowder, Donovan Mitchell, Ricky Rubio, and throw out the, this endless array of guards um, at at James Harden at different times just to just to make sure he's never seeing the same look over and over again. And they can also do that to Chris Paul. Like this year, if Chris Paul starts getting getting going, guess who's going on him? Tabo. Mm-hmm. They're gonna put Tabo on on Chris Paul and be like, hey, you wanna have you you wanna live in, in mid-range? Cool. Uh do we have a Swiss dream for you? And and they can they can throw Tabo out there and and just frustrate him. So I, I think there's there's new wrinkles that the Jazz will have this season. And and I, I do agree with his point. He's like the teams that Houston and Utah have not played in a while, and they're both completely new iterations. And so much like you were saying with no one picked Utah because of they looked at Oklahoma City and you're like, Oklahoma City owned the matchup. Or, well, they're probably looking at the series now and being like, Rockets have been playing good. They had the series last year. They were 2-2, two and two, but they lost when they were injured. This is the Rockets. But the Jazz haven't played them since you know, January. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a lot different. It's going to be a lot different this, this year. So this is going to be uh, – uh, we'll learn a lot. Uh, if Utah if, – if, I think there's a really good chance Utah is able to steal that first game with four days of preparation, Quinn Snyder planning it. And they're going to have, uh, uh, let's see, Ricky Rubio is going to be fresh. Derek favors is going to be fresh. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert got, didn't play on Wednesday. Um, Oh, and we haven't even talked about their secret weapon in Grayson Allen. That's right. 40 like we points, have a guy Grayson like Allen. him who can come for score 40 points. Like dude, wrap it up. <laughs> yeah so, so 
the hey. jazz the jazz have a better shot than i think people are giving them obviously the if you're betting on it you're probably betting on the on the rockets just because of the talent level of their best players is that's is just that high but you know it's after you go hard and i think it's a toss-up between chris paul and donovan mitchell and and i do think that gobert has an edge on uh, he does have an edge on go on capella gobert is just the most underrated player in the nba year in and year out and gobert might oh i don't know this Rockets probably win this series. I think that is true. It's a 70% chance for the Rockets, 30% for the Jazz. But there's a scenario where uh, it's a coming out party for Utah where Donovan Mitchell explodes and Rudy Gobert proves he really is the defensive player of the year. And, and uh, you know, that's a very real possibility. And I don't think Jazz fans should be so gloom and doom about it, you know? Yeah. I, there's, there's, def, there's definitely a chance. Um... I do think there's a, as equal a chance of them getting swept as them upsetting <laughs> them. Um, uh, I I think they lose in six. I said that last year, and I said that the year before. So, um, that, and I was good cop <laughs> last um, the last two times. Although that was probably more just luck than anything. <laughs> but uh, so so maybe my reverse jinx is working. But let's hope so. I. I I uh but I I just I, the, the thing that that worries me is um is, is just how how well Chris Paul has just usually been really rough for Utah to handle. He always has big games and unfortunately I like in LA there was there wasn't another guard to have to worry about and against the against the Rockets you have an M, basically if there was no Giannis, you have the MV, a second year MVP in James Harden. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's it that's it's just really hard. It's it's hard to win a series when you don't have the best player on the floor. That's it. It, it with with basketball, just because it is one player can make so much of the difference. And if you have two other all-star caliber players like Capella and Chris Paul, then it makes it even harder. That's uh, this is exactly why Utah was trying to get a guy like Mike Conley at at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, they desperately need another guy if they want to get past this uh, mid-tier um, of the playoffs. And so, ah, well, it's going to be exciting. I am excited. I'm I'm, I'm stoked. I, I really, really am. Uh, it's just. I'd rather play anybody else but the Rockets. No, well, not anybody, not the Warriors, but mm-hmm. there's six other teams. I think every other Jazz fan would love to see, rather than rather than the Rockets. Well, I'm gonna give if you if you're going Rockets in six, I'm gonna go fanboy and I'm gonna say Jazz in six. I think the Jazz. Okay, that's my prediction. There we go. I'll I'll stick to it too. I don't even care. Awesome. Let's do this. <laughs> the prediction well, that literally doesn't matter at all. But that's where <laughs> that's what that's what I'm saying. That's where we're going. Well, y'all, uh the series starts this Sunday, seven thirty. Uh the good old on the good old TNT. Uh, we have a good story on on the site of how to watch it online or how to get free trials to be able to watch it. Um I think if you rotate it 
you could actually get free trials uh, for an entire month before you'd have to start paying. Um, or you could possibly forget to cancel every single one of those four trials and be on the hook for $250. So, so don't do that. Don't do that. Um, well, it's been a good one, James. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 it's, uh, this, Jeremy, Jeremy brought the heat. Uh, he brought up some really good points. It was really good having him on. So we will, we will see you all next week. Be sure to subscribe to us. Hit us up on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, all the places where podcasts are, Google, whatever. Subscribe. Check us out. Write us a review, and James will feel sad about it. <laughs> and, of course, hit us up at slcdunk.com. Read our articles, comment, join the community. Hey, write a fan post. You haven't seen a lot of those. Hit up some fan posts. Um, and uh, we'll see you online, y'all. Talk to you later. Bye.